0: Oh, and welcome to the vlogging pod tonight we are joined by nominated of the year for 2021 barbara Lenard. leonard, leonard. 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 <laughs> sorry my pardon <laughs> leonard there we go i was trying to give you more of an accent there you go <laughs> well, <that's a> <laughs> okay um so, I want to welcome every all the audiences. Um, we have a few in the room and we are live on Facebook. I can't see the camera there. And on YouTube and Wisdom. So, thank you everyone for coming in and being with part of the live audience today. I want to start off by going back a little bit and talking about a collection of poems by you, Barbara, um, about mm-hmm. yourself and your mother tell me about them and the journey you took writing them
1: (laughs) thank you um yeah when oh boy when my mother um told me she was gonna move closer to me because she wasn't in good health i uh i called my uncle and i said i said to him you know mom's moving here i'm so excited and he said to me uh Barbara Ann, do you love her? And I go, What? He <laughs> says, Do you love her? And i like, what? You know, and that sent me into a kind of spiral, into a grief, uh, therapy, <laughs> because I started to doubt why I why he would ask that. And maybe she didn't think I loved her and told him that or I had no idea. But um so I I just started writing a lot of poems to work my way through, you know, helping her and just reliving our life, our, her life and my life together, from you know, uh, childhood to when she died, and we had a lot of interesting parallels um, that were that captured my imagination. Like she helped me a great deal when I had measles encephalitis when I was six, going on seven. I went into a coma. I was paralyzed. I couldn't speak, eat anything, um, and she took care of me and i miracu- miraculously recovered and taught myself how to walk again oh. but it uh, yeah it gave me uh it made my learning harder in school before i was sick i was able to to say a book out loud that i heard once and then after that i couldn't learn i had to keep reviewing 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 and it caused other problems i think you know and then that kind of is a parallel to her Alzheimer's where she, later in life, when she lost her memories. Cause I, all my memories were burned out at that time. I don't remember a whole lot before the age of six oh, wow. or seven, just the highlights. Yeah. So we had those parallels. And then the, another interesting parallel was our fertility. I mean, she was very fertile, <laughs> she had seven <laughs> kids. And but when she was pregnant with me, she took. A DES, um, which is a, a hormone that was given to women to keep them from spotting or miscarrying, and it ruined me. It ruined my whole reproductive system. Oh wow! And when I found when I yeah when um, so uh, I couldn't have kids, but I did manage to have a miscarriage, um, which was pretty painful, and so. You know, there were these interesting parallels that I was able to put together, and work through. Uh, any, you know, I had to work through some forgiveness. You know, she didn't take the drug on purpose. She didn't purposely wreck my free, my reproductive organs. Right. But, right. But um, you know, I had to reconcile that and and uh, other things like uh, so. You know, and the usual mother daughter, you know. Challenges. Right, um, I understand that. I do. Yeah, there you know, other things about about <laughs> her life that I found out about much later um, that are very challenging me for for me to learn about that she had never told me about. And so, there's a lot of there's a lot in there about you know um, her character and mine. And I kind of put it. I took a memoir writing class last year. Memoir memoir Writing, Inc. with Alison Waring. I don't know if you're familiar with her work. No, I'm she, not. She's a, she's a, a best-selling memoirs. Uh-huh. And uh, I learned, you know, it, it really, that class really helped me put the poems into a, a book because she taught about containers. So the poems I have on Spill Words, like one is cooking a life with a wire spine. One of the assignments in the class was, to compare your loved one to food. Well, I thought of my mom cooking all the time, cooking everything homemade for the kids. You know, she had to cook all day for seven kids. And so, you know, I often helped her in the kitchen. So that poem, Cooking a Life with a Wire Spine is about, is the container, the cookbook. She had that wire spine, you know? Right. (laughs) Was this kind of real, could be kind of strict and overbearing and, um, you know, expecting high character, a lot of, you know, uh, and don't lie to me and all this. And so I have a poem about her uh, called Irish Spring about getting the mouth washed out with Irish Spring soap. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Oh. <laughs> and, another, and another poem uh, that one publication of the month that spill words was Marie Kondo cleans my purse at Starbucks. So I use the purse as the container filled with all these memories that I had to let go of in order to finish healing after my mom died. You know, all the things in the purse were things about her and me. And so, um, and also having this a uh, bigger vision of what we call it, what she called a sky story. So I look at the mother wound. Uh-huh. Um, my mother had a, was wounded by her mother who neglected her, she felt, and told us all the time about how she was just left to ride her tricycle everywhere all over Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and up to the locks to, and she would just wave at sailors, you know. <laughs> A small three-year-old girl. Right. And, uh, and so she had abandonment issues, but also she lost two sisters, one to the, the 1918 flu and another one to crib death. And so those are things that she had to deal with and her pain, you know, inheriting some of her mother's mother wound uh-huh. losing two babies and then um you know then my miscarriage and you know so there's a lot about and then one of my poems is mom and I played lassos with our hysterectomy scars oh, because <laughs> she she had seven kids and the last one was a very traumatic birth she almost died so for a whole year she could do nothing but but just wait for the nurse to come to take care of her at home and I would come home and uh, help. I was a little mommy at nine and 10, helping with four babies. She had, mom had one potty train and getting potty trained, a set of twins in diapers and then the newborn. So, and we didn't have, back then, back in that day, we, it's 1960, 61, we didn't have paper diapers. So there was a lot of, you know, sloshing the toilet, you know, diaper, mixing <laughs> it out, washing them, folding, yes. drying them for. Feeding the babies, we would line them up on the couch. My sister and and I would, and I would go through with the spoon of food, and she would follow with the bottle, or vice versa, just in and, out, in and out and My poor mom could only just sit and watch us. Right. And then my little brother, he he said to me one day, little baby brother. He looked at me and said, "Mama." And my mother's heart just broke because Aww. he was calling me mama. And you know, I didn't know back then about the DES problems that I would have, that I, I, that was my only time to really mother babies. Right. So and, the poetry yeah.
0: really, that, that whole segment of poetry between you and your mother, would you say that yeah. it was a, a monumental time in your life to come to terms with a lot of things that you, Oh yeah. okay, awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I tried to, you know, I, I tried to talk, talk to her about some of it. There are some things that. In the book, I haven't mentioned here, but there are some things that are just kind of, and some of the topics are taboo, you know. It yeah. even think about not loving your mother, <laughs> resenting your mother. You know, so <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, here I am, I, I have a poem called Holding Out Soap, because Mom and I are shopping, and we, when she moved here, we'd go shopping all the time and just get out and move around. Right. But then poor Mom, you know, she was getting incontinent. And so there was this whole big thing at Target, you know. <laughs> In the bathroom, and I'm locked out of the bathroom, you know, and I have to somehow help her. How do you get in? And it's, and it's a mess, and so you know, just having to come to terms with her aging and her ability inability, and thinking, feeling very bad that I got her in that position, and always feeling guilty and yeah. and and like I'm not measuring up to what she needs.
0: I understand. You know? I understand more yeah. than you. I of course I'm a daughter. And I have, I have a daughter. Um, We are no longer, you know, close. And that is, it's breaking. So I understand, I understand both sides of that. I understand being, um, you know, a child of difficulties, you know what I'm saying, from whatever that stems from. And I understand having a daughter that... Uh, sees the same things in you that you didn't think you had so Mm -hmm. but no matter what those are I think as we age and as we go through the processes of life some things Mm -hmm. don't mean as much to us as they did am I making sense some things that we we grab on in our youth don't have as much Mm. weight to them as we get older so Mm. i fully understand what you're saying and i wasn't able to have any children outside of my one daughter um Uh so i understand that completely and i had a very difficult uh, birth and conceiving and i almost lost her uh three times in my pregnancy so i fully understand what you're saying um and so i think the poetry is a great way to relive those moments and put a better spin on it in you know what I mean in your mark huh. on life and hers because you're not only being able to relive those moments perhaps more in a positive manner, but you're also, do yeah. you know what I mean? You're giving her a yeah. new life because now when you're older yourself, mm-hmm. you understand more about what she went through than maybe you did mm-hmm. when you were in those younger years. And that kind of, yeah. when we're speaking about your mother, when you when she was um, the biggest part of your life, were you writing, though? Was she encouraging on that? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, when I, I started writing poetry uh, and tried my hand at fiction when I was eight or nine. Uh, and my parents would have me read my poems to friends. Oh, well, see? Yeah. So yes. she, she, no, she No, she was very proud of oh, me. That's and, awesome. And, yeah she i mean we were not ever i think we had the kind of normal mother-daughter stuff that would go on but i was pretty obedient and but i think it's these these major things that were just nagging at me like i if i feel like i don't love my mother why would that be and then it's been very healing just putting it on paper working it it out and then you know there are other women who may benefit from reading this book because there are a lot of DES sons and daughters whose yes. mothers were given this drug. It didn't really do what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really preventing miscarriages, but it caused it causes uh, us uh, cancer scares, um, the problems with our reproductive <sighs> organs, our hormone <sighs> system. It can even contribute to learning problems. So some of my learning problems could have been actually part of. The, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to pr- prove that. Um, so that DES and then Alzheimer's is a is a big deal because I I would see at the cafe court at the mall <laughs> other women with their mothers.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I thought I gotta run. I to go make a support group or something. You know. <laughs> well, I don't know <laughs> about
0: I don't know about the medications that your mother was on, but it sounds. Uh, I'm, I'm, now, I'm going to have to ask my mother. But it does sound uh, reminiscent of some things that I have had happen in my own health. So, because I have um. had cancer scares, I've had several uh, surgeries from tumors. So now yes. I'm like,
1: hmm <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> well get in my get
0: in my messenger on Facebook and and text me that because I will not remember no, no. I, I will not yeah. know how to write that. <laughs> um, so why don't we pause just a moment and I wanna talk okay. about um, the heart and soul part of your writing. Tell me about that. Um, i I hear you talk about what you say is your heart and soul play and part of your writing. Tell me how that plays out in your you know what I mean in your ritual of writing
1: Oh in the ritual of writing mm-hmm. like how I write uh, yes please oh, oh um I like to really like um get into a space inside myself where I can find a poem or or listen you know when a poem is rising I try to Hope that a pen is nearby or, you know, I do things like Qigong, Tai Chi. Um, and I've been taking up Neuro-Art, Neuro-Art, neurographica, which okay. is a kind of, and that's been helping to um, help me uh, relieve blocks. But I, I like to look at poetry as um, a spiritual act because in a way it's a memoir of the soul, really. Poetry is the memoir of the soul. And with some of my favorite poets, like Rumi, John O'Donohue, Mary Oliver, Emily Dickinson, you know, they, and I think almost every poet, you know, the way they put things, uh, talk about the soul, talk about soul growth. So I think, I think of writing as an extension of my, of my soul, myself. I totally
0: agree with that. I, I really do. I think it is an extension of ourselves. Um a lot of our imagination um, hopes and dreams can yeah. fit into our writing. It really can. Whether it be poetry, fiction, um, whatever genre you're doing, it can play a very big play- part in that. Um, I'm curious. I, I do a little bit of research, I'm sure you know, and each guest I have on. So I want to ask you what this phrase means to you. Um, concepts images, and stories weave together into a poem. Tell me what that means
1: to you. Oh, yeah. Well, a poem, a poem is, it can be like a story in a way or a reflection, but it's got to have a, a theme what is it about. And and poets tend to try to represent this theme in an image, you know, like a cookbook or, or you know, a purse or something. Mm-hmm. uh and was it concept, image, and then what else did I say?
0: Concept, images, and stories weave together oh, into a poem.
1: Right. So, yeah, so the reader can either see a kind of story, maybe it's a, like, minor, I would call poetic memoir, or maybe apply it to a story in their lives, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, does this, how does this poem relate to my life story or me? How does it appeal to my soul? And so, um, so I think when I wrote that for Spill Words, if that's where you got the phrase, I was probably working on this. <laughs> I dig a little bit of everywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's I'm glad, I'm glad I'm, I am nowhere. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I tend to, um, I guess my poems are a little bit like a jour- like from journal writing or whatever, you know, putting together, trying to put it together in a in a form that people understand, where they where it's where it can also appeal to their senses mm-hmm. with the imagery or sensory details and um, and appeal to them at really all levels, right? The sensory levels, spiritual level, life level.
0: So. With your writing process, um, I understand you use an app called My Notes on your iPod for rough drafts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, explain yeah, explain good. the process to me on using that. On, I'm kind of like yeah. I've got to actually physically have. I have notebooks everywhere, so I have to yeah. when I write, I have to physically touch it. I know that seems insane, but before I put yeah. it on the computer, I have to physically touch it. So, when I say, yeah. I hear people do notes on the computer, I'm
1: like, well, how? <laughs> um, I know. But, you know, I do have lots of notebooks, and they're not necessarily, you know, I grab a notebook, and I don't always date things, but I might, I might do brainstorming or whatever. Uh-huh. But sometimes um, when, you know, like I'm sitting in the, and the news is on or whatever, and I want to escape because, you know, I want to sit next to my husband, but I don't want to watch the news. Um, I'll take out my notes app and I'll just start writing (laughs) instead of on a a piece of paper, you know? Right. And then I, I just write and then I can email it to myself and then I, I can open the email and save the document as a word document and keep revising.
0: Now I have done that. I have emailed myself and then I copy and paste (laughs) and throw it in documents. So yes, I understand that completely. Um, Mm. Let's take a moment to pause about the honesty in poetry. Tell us oh. what moves you about it. Tell me about the honesty. Now, is mm-hmm. that with every poem, or is it just in a segment of poetry, or do you feel that all poetry has a level of honesty embedded
1: into um, it? I think if a poem is authentic, it has a very deep level of honesty. and. I started, you know, when I first started writing some poems, I, I wasn't really in touch with myself, but the more you're in touch with your true nature or your true self, the more honest you can be about what you're writing, and I found that the more honest I was and forthcoming, putting myself out there on paper, the more the poems move people, and myself move me, and have more, and it has more impact on people. When it's not it's from your authentic self it's not just anyone's poem about a tree you know it has it has i think good poetry has a kind of raw edge to it of of, you know i am coming out and i am speaking the truth with a knife you know (laughs) i like that i like that (laughs) slice my paper with words i don't care what people think
0: (laughs) i love that phrase i I love that, come out with a knife and slice my, I love that phrase, that is awesome, I love that, keep going, I love that.
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you just, you so you don't want it to be too sentimental, I don't think, and I, but I wanted to have the kind of raw courage it took to write this book. Frankly, it took me a lot of courage to go deep inside and really try to examine this relationship, which is the most important relationship in my whole life, probably. And and yet the most painful at times. You know, and I had to, and I think that by be, being very honest about it and courageous, it becomes a very long love poem. And it um, it does her service, even though she's died. whatever we do to help heal ourselves will heal our ancestors. I think you know. Right,
0: you're talking about you're referring to the poetry about your mother again,
1: yes? Yeah, and okay. any, and really, any any poetry I write, um, I want it to have that edge to it where you know it's coming from my true center, and it, regardless of what other people may think about it, it's an it comes from my authentic voice, and that voice will be healing for someone. Right. Yeah, and it can it can be someone living. It can even be someone who's not living. Right,
0: I I can see that. I before when I was young, a lot younger, and we won't go into the definition of that. But uh, I I dabbled in a lot of poetry, and it was, and even sometimes I'll write it, some things down. I find I find that it is very, oh, it just lifts a weight off of you. When you put a lot of emotion in it even if you're just journaling it i find that it's very therapeutic to do it so i can i and it does take a lot of honesty it does it's very deep and it can be Um, images are the heat of poetry can you relate to me what that means to you i think think all the heart Sorry, not just the heat, the heart. Sorry. Oh okay. <laughs> forgot, that the R, forgot that R forgot that R and that word there. I'm writing on my notes. Oh. <laughs> and, and the heart. Word? A heart. A poet. <laughs> there you go.
1: I don't know many poets who don't use imagery. I mean the imagery of um, what what can what is the poet describing, you know, let's say if it's a bird or, or what are some good oh like Elizabeth. Bishop wrote a beautiful poem about a fish, you know, and it's just a, you want to read it over and over, it brings all the parts of the fish just bring alive something in you that's different, a different part of you, and this, and now this just beautiful poem about a fish, um, or uh, Emily Dickinson wrote about birds and um, things like that, these images evoke something from us, if, from the reader. You know um so we without imagery we have an academic writing <laughs> <laughs> oh, right <laughs> um, yes hope, I, I think... think hope is a feather i mean she's saying hope is a feather right so we think how is it a feather <laughs> i like feathers don't you so <laughs> oh,
0: well i fully understand
1: sides,
0: Yeah. I fully understand because I I love audibles and when I listen to them I I have the image that goes with the story. So I I understand that. Um I fully get you. When I when I write these questions out, I simply love to hear there's always a different take. You know, there's always Mm -hmm. it might come from the same place as a writer or poetry or a graphic designer or whatever, whoever I'm interviewing at the time. But um, the questions might be similar in context, but there's always can be an underlying, do you know what I'm saying? An underlying yeah. meaning to somebody else who sees them slightly different than perhaps we do. So that's why I yes. ask the questions. But I do agree yeah. with you. A lot of the times when you write, it's a basic image that you're seeing or you're trying to portray that image. And yeah. when, when your readers can get that image by your words, oh my gosh, that is so, it's just it's better than any drug or um, wine that you can drink. You know (laughs) what I mean? It's just, it's intoxicating. It is. And it's like when you connects the
1: neurons in a new
0: way. Yes, it does. Um, Barbara, I really love having you on. I, I, we just did our 20 minutes, but I really appreciate you coming on today. You were a joy. Thank you. Your, your poetry is delightful. Um, I have her link up in the room. Um, extraordinary sunshineweaver.blog. Please check it out. Barbara mm-hmm. is an extremely talent, talented oh. poetress. Oh. You are. You. you are. You really are. You can tell there's a mm-hmm. lot of love and feeling and passion in your writing, and you are extremely gifted. Um, thank you. So thank wow. you so much for being on my program. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so I would not say it if I did not mean it. And I oh, truly say that. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I want to thank our listeners for coming in. Um, we've only been up not quite a year. And we're already booked basically for this year. I have three slots open for December. And it's all because of you guys. Because you have made us that much in a demand. And that just warms mm-hmm. me to no end. Um, we do have, we do have another, um, uh, guest coming up the night, Caitlin Denman. Um, so please stay tuned and come with us. Barbara, again, I'd love yeah. to have you back on. You truly are a joy. Um, well, thank you. we could dive deeper in some other formats. I swear we could. Everyone, wow. it was, it was great having everyone on here tonight. I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye for now.